Podcast Studios. This, this is After Nine with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello. How are ya? Fucking great. <laughs> Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Nine. Thank you for all the DMs, those who saw yesterday and thought, you know who would love this? Scott and Kat. I can't believe how many people. Okay, there were actually two articles people were sharing with me a lot. I know the one you're thinking of. The other one had to do with the vehicle thefts that we just happened to talk about too. And maybe you can give people like just a quick synopsis of that situation because I know you know. We were just talking about how many cars got stolen, where the hell they're going, and where's the presence on this, and they should be checking borders and checking trucks and checking shipment containers. And lo and behold, the same damn day. Was it not the same day? It was yesterday. Peel Police recovered 78 (laughs) stolen vehicles that were destined for the Port of Montreal. (laughs) Like That was the whole point. Why aren't we just guarding the Port of Montreal? Why are we fucking around trying to catch cars in people's driveways and stuff? Just go to the port. Hi, Peel Police, and thanks for listening. Yeah, no, really? I'm sh- that was under investigation long before we talked about it, of course. But I just thought that was interesting timing. So thank you to the people who shared that with us. And as always, we encourage, we welcome any funny videos about Doug Ford. Yeah. And yesterday was a, was a great example. Doug Ford yesterday speaking about a haircut that he got recently. Hey, good morning, Premier. Colin DeMello from Global News. Colin. Okay, so let's let's hear it. Was it a number one? Was it a number two? Well, no, see, he got it. See, every guy out there understands this. So you go into the barber. And I went down south for a few days, so I go into Walmart. I'm a cheap son of a gun. So I see the, you know, $15 haircut or whatever. I walk in there and, you know, I said, I, I just want to trim. Just a little, little trim. And... Every guy knows what number they are. Number one, the lower you get, the more they take off their hair. So I'm about a number four. It's just, you know, a little bit of a trim. By the way, every hairstylist listening right now is on the edge of their seat. Where are you going with this, Premier? (laughs) So I sit down in the chair. This guy grabs my hair like this and starts shaking. I'm thinking, you know, the problem was, Colin, he didn't speak English and I didn't speak Spanish. So all of a sudden he pulls out the shaver and zoom right across the thing. He must have used not even a one, a zero. And I said, Senor, like, look at, look what you did. One side's full, one side's not. So then I had to get the other side done. And needless to say, it cost me $26. I've never paid $26 for a haircut in my life. And I had to give the guy a $10 haircut. But anyway, he went right down to the concrete, as you can see there. It's, <laughs> I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've never experienced anything in my life. The shortest haircut I've ever had. Well, as the kids would say, the haircut slaps. Oh, man. All it's right, going to take till August to grow this thing back. <laughs> Your haircut <laughs> slaps. Senor, <laughs> senor. I can, I can picture him in the chair. Folks, they done fucked up my hair again. Senor. Stopo. El Stopo. <laughs> 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 That's so funny. Why the fuck have we not put Spanish lessons with Doug Ford on TVO yet? It's gotta happen. (laughs) Senor, whoa. (laughs) How did he pay $26 for a haircut at Walmart in America? And how much of our time is taken up by Doug Ford's head? Like, (laughs) think about it. Remember the pandemic? He talked about looking like a sheepdog every single time we saw. Look at me. I look like a sheepdog. And I was like, whoa, senor, chopped off too much of my hair. (laughs) It's great. I mean, in all fairness, Colin DeMello brought it up. 
but I understand why because he saw him and went something's changed there <laughs> we've all been there too before though right like I mean I can't I can't relate to anybody just said I have no idea the number is one through four like that means nothing to me because I have long a lot of hair too but we've all been there before where we have had experienced a bad hair cut trim I don't know shave whatever it is right so I feel like I can relate in in, in that way but everything else is just comical to me. Yeah, that was brilliant. I, uh, I I could listen to shit like that all day long. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Uh, by the way, when is the premier coming on the pod? We've got to have know. him on the show at some point. Let, I don't know. Let's, let's arrange this, whoever it is at Queen's Park that listens to this, uh, this podcast every day. Uh, I do want to talk Zellers, and we will get to that in just a sec because tomorrow is opening day. But first, yesterday... In After 9, we had a really frank conversation at times about parenting. This after a mom in Vancouver launches a class action lawsuit against Epic Games, the makers of Fortnite, claiming that Fortnite is especially addictive for children and she wants some compensation because her kid got addicted to playing Fortnite. A heavy dependency, she called it. Now, a lot of people would say that's actually not an Epic Games problem. That's a parenting problem. Well, along that vein, here comes this article. It's time to start spring cleaning. And you should force your kids to help out, even if you have to teach them how to use a broom. The survey asked parents with teenagers how their kids were with cleaning chores. 90% of parents say their kids are lacking in at least some domestic skills. One in three parents of teenagers say that their kid doesn't know how to make a bed properly. What? 29% of parents admit their teenager doesn't know how to make their bed. Uh, that is astonishing considering I have a five-year-old who makes her own bed. Isn't that messed up? That's like, messed up to me. The, and it, she, has a, she has a double bed. It's not like she's got a tiny little teensy bed. She makes the bed. 41% say their child would struggle to iron a shirt. I'm thinking that's a little low. I got to think more than 60% don't know how to iron as yeah. a teenager. Ironing I put under the category of like, meh, though. You know, I don't care as much for that. But tiny your freaking room. 31% do not know how to fold sheets or their clothes properly. Well, some, the fitted sheets are crazy. So again, I'm going to give a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of space to that one. Okay, well, what about clothes? I mean, yeah. may maybe yeah. mom or dad does the laundry. Do they fold the clothes and hand them back to the teenager? Or does the teenager have to at least fold and put away their laundry? I can't imagine it going any other way. They should fold and put away their clothes. Look, how I got brought up. You ready for how I got brought up? And maybe this is going to astound some people. When we turned 11, all of us, me, my brother, and my sister, that's when my parents handed over laundry duty to us. It's on you. Do your own laundry. That's it. They taught us how to use it. Here's the washer and dryer. This is how you use it. By all means, if you really need help and you're stuck on buttons or pushing stuff, let us know. It's on you. You want to stink? Go ahead and don't do your laundry. They did it purposely in the years of puberty and brilliant if, if you ask me now. At the time when I was 11 and I got downy for my 11th birthday, I didn't find it that funny. But now as an adult... What a great gift. I see that that makes sense. I know it was, it, they did it as a joke for all of us. We really did get actual birthday gifts. But... Uh, no joke. I've done my own laundry since I was 11 years old. I figured it out. I folded it. I put it away. I wanted fresh stuff. I did it. And to this day, I enjoyed it so much. At the time, again, I didn't, right? I maybe, ah, yeah, I got to do it myself. I understand why they did it. 
And I probably will do that with my kids too. But they're going to get a little bit of an, I suppose, an allowance for doing general chores. That I will say, I see being a good incentive. Give them something for it. Even if it's a little bit for every, every chore or maybe it's a weekly thing. Uh, I do find that goes a long way though. Well, it gets even worse. One in five teenagers, this is their parents admitting it, one in five teens leaves dirty dishes in their bedroom. More than one in four oh, never. Frick, by the way, I get so pissed off at that. Okay. Oh, cat, it drives that me batshit crazy. No. See, like that's when stuff has to get banned. Okay. One in four never clean their bathroom. 38% have no idea where to even begin when it comes to cleaning a toilet. One in five teenagers has never taken out the garbage on garbage day. Hmm. And 23% of parents don't think their teens could vacuum a room competently. This is, I hate to go back to it. This seems like a parenting issue. I don't know if parents are complaining about this or if they're wearing it like a badge of honor. But if you have a teenager closer to moving out on their own, than not, and they don't know how to make a bed or fold clothes or clean a toilet or vacuum a room, this is a big problem, I would think, isn't it? And I don't even, I don't even, the sad part is I don't find it that surprising that people aren't doing this. I know how I was raised and I know how I'm going to raise my kids. I mean, that's all I really know. But I could, I could tell you that that is, you're not, you're not doing it right. (laughs) You're not doing it right. If seriously, you have a kid who, who doesn't a kid, I should say a teenager, especially like you're talking, in some cases you're talking what, like 15, 16, 17 years old. Yeah. That doesn't know how to make a bed or at least won't try to do it. I, I don't, I don't understand that. And for me, it does go back a little, and I don't mean to be preachy about it. Like I said, this is just me and where I, where I came from. I did all those things as a young child, like single digits. I was obviously doing all of those, a lot of those things, tidying rooms. I didn't do everything. I don't remember taking out the garbage, but I did chores. Every other chore around the house, cleaning, all of that stuff. I find that kids like to, do kids not find it, like, it interesting when they're younger at least? Like I like to start my kids early on stuff, not wash it. Like I don't make them do anything, but they like to watch me clean the bathroom and see what I do and organize things. I find that there's got to be a little bit of interest there. So I feel like bringing kids into that is important for them to at least know. And sure, they're going to get to those years where they don't give a crap, right? They're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to clean my room. Okay, fine. But then like for me, then you don't get your incentive. That's why incentives are important to me. That's what it, that's an important thing. Whether that's allowance or maybe that's something else for you. That's screen time. That's time with your friends. That's cell phone privileges, I don't care what it is, but incentives are important because even if you have to do that to get them started, by God, imagine when they go out on their own, like that's what ends up happening when you, then they have like a girl or a boy over or something, they first start dating and they're like, your room smells, when was the last time you cleaned sheets? You know, like all of those things become issues. And then they figure, maybe they'd figure it out for themselves in the hard way, but why not teach them that young? I don't understand it. I truly don't get it either. Now, I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect in this scenario. When my kids were younger, I did continue to do their laundry, for example. But I set a rule that worked for me. I do laundry once a week, usually on a Sunday morning. If you need something in the meantime, do a load of laundry. If there's dishes in your room, there won't be dishes 
on the counter for dinner. Your dish is upstairs. So you're going to go get it. You're going to bring it downstairs. You're going to wash it. Mm-hmm. And that's your dinner plate for tonight. Things like that. You know, help them out, but also steer them in the right direction. Try and teach them some responsibility and accountability. I, I feel like that's really lacking, especially when you read stuff like this. Cat, tomorrow Zeller's opens up across Canada. Yeah. most is How many locations is it tomorrow? Do we know the number? I believe in Ontario there are 13 locations okay. opening tomorrow okay. and these are all within the bay. But you saw some of the influencer TikToks that were invited to the sneak peek for media yesterday. Yeah. It's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I was actually really impressed to see what I saw. I thought... I don't know why I picture it. So when I picture like the stores inside the bay, all we can really go on is what's there now. And I know there's like Forever 21s and some bay locations. It's quite small. It's just a, like right by the door, a little corner section. That's kind of what I pictured it. Even though they gave us the square footage of some of these Zeller's locations, I didn't really think about what that would look like. And it truly is a little department store inside a store. The odd thing to me is like the things that they're selling at Zeller's, they're selling in the bay. But I guess they don't care. It's fine because they're taking up real estate. They're paying for it. But there's like, just for examples, housewares. Let's go with the houseware section. There literally is an entire houseware section. You can get glasses and tumblers and whether it's small glasses, tall glasses, martini glasses, and you got plates and cutlery and all those things. You've got vases and you've got uh, curtains and you've got bed sheets and you've got, then there's an entire baby section. There really is like a store, a decent sized store, I'd say, inside the bay and the prices are not bad like they're they're quite good are they they're not quite like dollarama prices right like you could walk into dollarama and get certain things but they're maybe a little bit more than that but it's not you're not expecting high-end things though when you go in you know what i mean but i was very impressed all in all i can't say anything to the clothes because i know a lot of people are asking about the clothes didn't feel and touch that brand that new brand that they brought in but there are licensed uh, things in there. So there's other types of clothing in there that you're going to find. So I overall actually kind of impressed with what this looks like. And I'm curious to see how it goes. Would you go on opening day or opening weekend? Or are you going to avoid the crowds? I would go. Yeah, I'll go by the weekend. Absolutely. I'll go. Will I go tomorrow? I'm not sure if I'm near a location anyway. I might be like, yeah, but I'm not purposely lining up for anything. I've got the Burlington Mall location not far from my place. Mm-hmm. I might. I probably won't go tomorrow. But I kind of want to go. Curious, right? Yeah, I am curious. Maybe Friday, definitely by the weekend, I'm going to check it out. Zeller's was a major part of the shopping experience when I was growing up. We didn't really have a lot of options. There was, like, consumers distributing. Did you have consumers distributing? I feel like I've heard of that before, but I don't remember Like it. a catalog store. You had to walk in and fill out a pretty extensive line of oh, paperwork before they'd bring your item to you right, at the front. Right, okay. And they, they had everything. They had, like, layaway and all sorts of shit. You could go in and put 10 bucks down on whatever it was you bought, and when you finally paid it off, they'd give it to you. It was really neat. Wow. It, the New Zellers is kind of giving off the vibe to me of Walmart pre-grocery store mm. Walmart. Before they started bringing in all the food, it was really just... Pets and clothes and and outdoor patio furniture and stuff like that. Now, of course, Walmart sells everything. And who knows? Zellers might get to that level, too. But for now, I'm here for it. I like it. I'm glad we've got it back. Uh, Yesterday, we got the February inflation numbers. They were highly misleading, depending on which media outlet you got them from. So let's break this down. The overall inflation rate, 5.2%. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is great news, and this is proof that the interest rate hikes are working. Well, it's 5.2%, which is still 
almost three times higher than what the Bank of Canada said it should be. So I'm not going to say that that's a victory there. But yes, it is down from the overall high, which was around 7.9. What really affects most people on a day-to-day basis are three things. Gas, which was down a tick. Food, which was up a Mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. Food inflation actually went up again. 10.2 in January, 10.6 in February. And of course, housing costs. So the big three things that affect us all are all up despite the overall lower number. BMO's chief economist called the report only mildly encouraging that overall inflation is down. We're still dealing with 10.6% inflation at the grocery store here, Kat. Yeah, it's noticeable. It's funny because for a while there, and you and I actually had this like conversation where we're like, do you feel like prices might be going down? And in some areas, I thought they were. I thought, huh, this seems not as bad as I remember it. But then suddenly, no, it still is bad. I went into the, uh, it was a Loblaws branded store. I think it was Zares. And I went to like the pre-chop section. I find it easier for me, okay, because school lunches and stuff, duh, I just buy it pre-chop sometimes. So I go into that area of the store, that little section. It was like chopped, like if there's a few things chopped up. Typically, I, I swear, like a year ago, not even, it was maybe 10 bucks for these like three sections of, and it's full to the brim of different fruit. And I think it's like cantaloupe, strawberry, watermelon. Just, let's just say as an example, something like that. It was like $17. Like these things are almost double the price. It's insane. And even when you, especially those pre-sliced things. So fine, in all fairness, okay, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll slice it myself. But then you go over to that area and it's still pretty outrageous. It is. I was at Farm Boy yesterday. Normally a watermelon in peak season is about $5.99 for a whole the big watermelon. Dog, yeah. Yesterday they were selling a quarter watermelon. A quarter for ten fifty. Yeah. $10.50 <laughs> for a quarter of a watermelon. You're telling me the watermelon's worth $40 plus? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. That's so funny. Cauliflower. Oh, $6.50 to seven bucks a head. Why is that all over the place? This is and this when we go store to store too, this is what still boggles my mind. I could find cauliflower for a good price, but I have to shop around. I could find it for like $4.99 over here. Why the fuck is it $11 over there? Like the, the price increase and the price change is extensive. Like it's huge. And someone sent me a screenshot and this was great. And I appreciate it. I thank you. It was a podcast listener uh, in the pharmacy section. Do you remember Galen Weston when he was chatting with everybody about the prices? Like, oh, no, we haven't actually made money off food. Like, no, no, no. It's all cosmetics. But he did mention the cosmetic section. And then I thought, but you're not doing anything about that. Someone sent me a side-by-side, same day of a Crest whatever, toothpaste. At Walmart, $3.97. At the Zares or whatever it was, Loblaws branded pharmacy section, $7. Come on. You're telling me it's $4 more for a tube of toothpaste compared to Walmart's $3.97? Like, that math ain't fucking math in Galen. So even in that area, I find that to be a, that that to be pretty criminal as well. Honestly, I don't know why people keep shopping at these PC branded stores. Frankly, I don't understand it. At this point, when we can all see plain as day that these prices are out of control, nobody's being transparent with us about where all the money's being made. Because again, we know they're making record profits, and they swear it's not from food. 
Why do we keep going there until we get all the answers? I know it's hard to find an independent grocer. And when uh, three companies control 90% of the grocery market, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. But me, I haven't set foot in a PC type Loblaw type store in weeks. I'm just not doing it. I don't want to give them my money because I feel like they're ripping me off and probably laughing as I walk out the door with 40, 50, 60 bucks less in my pocket than I would have if I had shopped at this same time last year. They do have some decent sales still. That's why I go sometimes, right? So I'll usually break it up. It's two grocery stores a week. And if it's a Costco run, then it's three stores a week to get certain items. And obviously they get you with the damn points too. There's people that are locked into their cards, for example, whether it's their banking or whether it's the MasterCard or whatever. So they feel like, well, I got to earn the points because I don't have a point. There's other point systems that other grocers, like I think Food Basics has one. Like I know there's I other I know that Freshco gives you scene points See, that you move uh, use with Cineplex. Yeah, there's that. But for some people, it's just ease of knowing the store. And, and there's... And, I, th- that's their choice though. I mean, that's, that's my choice to go in there and check, but I'll always check prices. Like for me, it's the, I, I'm not going to spend that much money on, on fucking toothpaste, for example. There, I'm not spending $8 on a damn tube. So I would go somewhere else for that. And I would probably, that's what I do anyway. I make a list where it's like, this is on sale there. I have to do it. I mean, I have to do it. I, I'm lucky. I'm blessed enough to be able to sit down and really figure that all out. Some people just don't have the time to do it. They just got to go. They got to get, get the groceries and, and go, right? Well, we'll find out for sure some of the truth because the farmer's markets will all start opening mm. up in the next couple of months. I miss the farmer's market. I love it. And we've been told, oh, it's not us. Our suppliers are charging us more. Okay, Galen, we'll find out when we go to the farmer's market. Are they going to charge me $7 or even $6 for a head of cauliflower at the farmer's market? I'd like to know what the farmers are actually charging. So we'll find out soon enough. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep shopping around. Whoever's just got it cheapest, I'm going to go there. But there's certain stores that I just don't want to support right now. Again, inflation. 10.6% at the grocery store. We know the cost of living is out of control and raising interest rates. Next month marks one year since we rapidly started raising them to fight inflation. Well, maybe, arguably, it worked a little bit on regular inflation. It certainly has not had any impact on the stuff that matters most, like the cost of housing and the cost of food. Again, it went up month to month to 10.6%. On our radio show today, we talked about the everything shower. I didn't even know about the everything shower until today, but there's a great article in the Wall Street Journal about how many people are using their bathroom like a spa now. The everything shower is exactly that. It's when you do everything all in one go. They say you start off by carving out about an hour of free time for yourself. This might not be the shower you take before work in the morning, But you got to give yourself about an hour. You get the shower on. You get it nice and steamy in the bathroom. And that's when you start doing your skincare routine. That's when you start doing your your facials and your hair mask routine and all the other beauty self-care type things Mm -hmm. that you do. You do it all at once. But you take pauses to just relax and enjoy the hot water. Um, I don't see. I feel like don't we all kind of do this already? Okay, I shouldn't say all. For me, like I kind of do this already, but I don't run the water the entire time. I feel that to be wasteful. I don't like wasting things. That's me. But for me, yeah, if I'm if I have time and it's a weekend, let's say I'm like, babe, I'm going in the bathroom. 
not coming out for an hour. No problem. I will start the shower maybe a little early to get some steam going, but I'll do all of those things. You know, I'll do my whole beauty thing. And then when I'm ready, I'll hop in the shower and I'll take my sweet ass time. And that's a nice feeling. I also have a jacuzzi. So I'll spend a little time there. Then I'll move to the shower after that, maybe. Really? But you it, do a two for one. I could. Yeah, wow. I would because I can't wash my hair in the jacuzzi. Uh. See, it's different. So I, I would do jacuzzi for the relaxation for a bit. I, I'm not a tub lingerer, though. Not a tub lingerer. I've got girlfriends that'll fucking call me in the bathtub. Hey, what are you doing? I hear them like splashing around. I'm like, what are you doing? In the bath. I'm like, oh. Thanks. You can call- well, Thanks you for calling. Well, then I say, you you want to call me back? Like, even though they call me. Oh, no. no. One particular friend who does it all the time. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I called you. So anyway, and I'm just like, so you're just lingering in the bathtub calling me. How long have you been in there? Oh, like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. See, uh, that's not me. I get in, maybe 10 minutes. I put the jets on, maybe 10 minutes or so. Then I'm in the shower. That's it. I don't run water a lot for a long period of time. But all in all, if I've got, a, if I've got some time, of course I'll do a little spa thing. Like, ooh, I got a mask I haven't used in a while. Ooh, I could do this hair treatment if I want. Um, then there's also like, oh, pluck my brows and, and do all those other things that you want to do all in one. Why not? Everything that I could do for part of my self-care routine here that they're encouraging we do in the bathroom, I kind of need a mirror for. And I haven't found one that doesn't fog up in the shower. So I don't know if it would really work for me. Mm. Although I do love... I like getting the bathroom nice and dark. When I get up in the morning, I have my shower usually around quarter after 3 a.m. I'll either light a candle or I'll turn on the light in like the the closet and close the door. So there's just a little bit of glow. When you get a nice, hot, steamy shower and it's mainly dark, I find that to be one of the most relaxing feelings on earth yeah. to the point where when I get out of the shower, I'm not thinking, well, time to go to work. I'm thinking, well, how can I figure out how to go back to bed? Yeah, that would be my fear. It's like doing everything in the dark. It's like, I have to wake myself up with, boom, wake up, bitch. Let's go. I have to do it to get myself moving. This is wild, but Guelph police have charged a man who failed his driving test on Monday. And while that in and itself is not an arrestable offense, once the guy knew he failed, he decided he was going to chew out the staff. Then he sped off toward a pedestrian walkway and almost hit four oh, people. No. Then he decided, as one final act of defiance, he was going to spend some time doing burnouts in the parking lot of the Woodlawn Road West Plaza around 4 o'clock on Monday. A 36-year-old Brampton man He's charged 36? with dangerous driving oh, and stunt driving. God, I was waiting for you to say a 19, 18-year-old or something. Come on. No, this prick's 36. I don't understand why at 36 he didn't already have a license unless it had been taken away. He clearly... That, well, why? <laughs> he clearly knew how to drive a car, though, if he was doing burnouts. That's not exactly a novice skill. So I don't know why the Brampton man found himself in Guelph other than certain drive test centers have a reputation as being easier than others. Someone texted in this morning and said the Guelph location is a great place to take your driver's test because they'll only take you on the Hanlon Expressway, which is only a 70. Whereas if you take it in other places, they'll throw you on the 401 or the QEW where it's 100 and cars are blowing by and it's hard to change lanes and it freaks out and intimidates new drivers. So apparently Guelph's the place to go if you want to get your license. See, and I've got another thought on it. I'm thinking 36 years old, can't get his license, pissed off, clearly has anger issues. Don't, by the way, drive with anger issues. I'm thinking this guy probably went to several test centers. 
and probably made the rounds. I mean, do we know his history? I do not. I would not be shocked to hear that everyone in fucking Brampton at the driving centers knows who he is. So he ain't going there. Mm-mm. I'm not going to go to this Mississauga one. Been there several times. I'm like, how far out do you have to go? Now I'm in Guelph. That's where I am now. I bet you he has a history. I'm thinking the drive test center in Brampton is a pretty ominous place. You think so? Do they even do tests or do they just hand you your license? Because it seems like there's a lot of bad drivers in Brampton. The nonstop car crashes that happen in Brampton are part of the reason that Brampton pays some of the highest insurance rates in Ontario. They are the highest insurance rates in Ontario. I forgot about that. Well, and, and now I'm we know why. There's a lot of people <laughs> who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Now we know why. Th- that is outrageous, though. Like, that is, out- th- this guy hopefully will never drive. If you have that many, if you have that much anger in you to do that right after a test, by the way, when you're clearly not supposed to be driving, almost hitting people, there's a lot going on with you. You need some help. Last but certainly not least, uh, some news out of Ottawa. Tomorrow is going to be a pretty crazy day in the capital because U.S. President Joe Biden is coming. And like we said the other day, when you've got Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden in the same place at the same time, that's going to be a very secure area. There's going to be a lot of security. Well, yesterday, the NDP threatened to go along with a conservative party motion that would force the prime minister's chief of staff to testify. They have been filibustering in the committee to try and prevent Katie Telford from testifying. They didn't want her to. They said, nope, staff are off limits. They shouldn't testify. Well, the NDP disagreed with the liberals on that. And there was a possibility that if it was a confidence vote, they could bring down the government over Justin Trudeau refusing to put Katie Telford forward. So as soon as Jugmeet said that yesterday... A note came out from the Prime Minister's office saying that Telford would agree to testify. But not until after Joe Biden's visit. They're sneaky up there, aren't they? Hey, you know what? Just say she will. Let's get the Biden visit out of the way so there's no awkward questions in front of the president. Then we'll deal with it next week. They also said that by May 23rd, we will know from the special rapporteur, former Governor General David Johnston, we will know if a public inquiry is needed. May 23rd. Okay, that's not that far away. Actually, a lot of people are saying that's way too far away. We thought that this process was only going to take like a week or two. Okay, he's going to dive into it. He's going to take a look at the classified documents that CSIS has. And based on that, he'll know if we need a public inquiry. It's either so egregious Mm -hmm. that we need to have a public inquiry or... There's so much classified shit here that it would never produce any results anyway. There's all kinds of different ways he could go with it, but we were under the impression this would take a week or two. Does that bury Not it? Not two months. Does that bury it near the long weekend? Is that why? So it buries it near the long weekend. It also puts it right at the end of parliament. So uh. that bought, basically by pushing it back to May 23rd, the prime minister has confirmed that he will be in power until at least after the summer. Now, if... This were to get done sooner, they could say, nope, we're not having a public inquiry. The opposition could say, the fuck we aren't. We're going to have a vote here. And they could bring down the government. So this is really just sort of a, uh, what is is it they say? Kick the can down the road? Got it. We will eventually get some answers, they say, but it's not going to be anytime soon. If you wanted answers on how much China interfered to influence the last election, we're not going to have any answers for quite a while, especially if now they do call the public inquiry, which in all likelihood would not even get started until sometime 
next fall. Crazy. All right, guys, that's it. We're at time. You have yourselves a fantastic hump day. We'll be back tomorrow and looking ahead to Friday, Dave Blizzard's going to join us again. Oh, that'll be lovely. Have yourselves a great one. Chat later. Turkey is planning to accept Finland's bid to join NATO, but they're rejecting Sweden's. Sweden just released a statement about it. And first, Sweden said, honestly, it's pretty fjorked up. Picking <laughs> one and not the other. This is kind of bullskip that happens in middle school. Here in L.A., um, teachers and employees at public schools are on what's expected to be a three-day strike. A number of parks so, uh, and rec centers offer programs to take the kids in to keep them busy. And the L.A. Zoo was free for students, which is great. It's, it's what they always say, if you can't send the kids to school, leave them with a gorilla. <laughs> There's a new facial recognition app that can identify your pet's face with 99% accuracy. <laughs> The 1% of faces they can't recognize are dogs who have been using Ozempic.